0: Welcome to the 80s and 90s presents 99, where every day is a party like it's 1999. Here's your hosts, Jamie Fenderson and Milo Denison. Vladimir Putin. Ah, 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 ah. In 1999, Vladimir Putin was elected or was appointed Prime Minister of Russia. Yeah, Mad Vlad. I guess, should we back up a little bit? To pre-99 and maybe uh, talk about how he got to that position? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Well, I think most people know that Vladimir worked in the KGB for 16 years where he made the rank of lieutenant colonel. And then in 1991, he resigned to begin his political career, which conveniently aligned with um, when the KGB was more or less dissolved anyways, because of the whole Berlin Wall falling down and Russia kind of, you know, the Soviet Union breaking up and all that kind of crap. So conveniently
1: timed. Yeah, it, tur- that, it turned into the Federal Security Service, which is called the FSB, even though it's FSS. So, whatever that's all about.
0: Okay. Well, maybe they want it to be a bureau instead of a service. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But as we all know, the KGB is a, or was a uh, organization mostly used for. Uh, keeping dissenters at bay and spying on us, rascally Americans. And uh, he must have learned some good skills in that time, because when he went into politics, he actually rose up the ranks quite quickly, if you think about it, because he went into politics in 91. And in 99, he's prime minister of a country.
1: Well, he probably used he probably use a lot of his KGB tactics and intimidation if you're going to rise that fast, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: So in 91, he was uh, the head of the Committee for External Relations, which basically was responsible for promoting international relations, foreign investment, that kind of stuff. And he remained into that position until 96. He was also in 94, the deputy chairman of the government of St. Petersburg, And um, did that for a little while. He organized the St. Petersburg branch of the pro-government Russia political party called the Liberal Party, which is interesting because I would not consider him a liberal, at least now anymore. In 1996, he moved to Moscow, where he joined the administration of President Boris Yeltsin. And this is where he really begins to move up the ladder. Yep. Serving as the Federal Security Service, FSB. And secretary of the security council, and then in 1997, Yeltsin appointed Putin the deputy chief of the presidential staff. So big promotion there again, which he retained until 1998, and uh, as chief of the main control doc, as the main control directorate of the presidential property management
1: department until 98. You know what, you know what I think of when I think about the property management? I think like Yeltsin is kind of that mean apartment manager. Totally. Who makes sure the rent is like you get the he's getting the rent and he gotta call the repair man. <laughs> he's like the property manager yeah <laughs> basically and he's
0: like and he's like the dickhead would one too where like hey man um i've got water leaking into my apartment i'll just put a bucket down <laughs> put a bucket down or how
1: would he say that with a russian accent put yeah, a, put put you put bucket a bucket down. down but i guess w- w- this type of property management is after the soviet union collapsed it, this bureau was in charge of getting all their shit back <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of is that way right but in, he's more like a repo man in that case right like okay kazakhstan like we broke up but you
0: still have our shit so give it back your country <laughs> we don't want you to have that i think my uh my russian accent is more like my dracula accent yeah you sound pretty
1: Transylvanian, bro <laughs> it's like vladimir the vampire <laughs> One. Yeah. Two, ooh, three words I started. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh. I invade
0: your country. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> so like the count, dude, <laughs> from Sesame Street. Sesame Street. Yeah. Uh, so basically, Yeltsin was getting ready to kind of retire. He was getting up there in years and more or less when he assigned the Vladimir Putin as his prime minister, he also said that he more or less wanted Putin
1: to secede him as president. He wanted to be his successor, but that time Yeltsin. So 99, right. Yeltsin was like 2% approval rating. Like, and I remember the nineties and, and I told this story once, right. I even went there as a sailor because Russia was really weakened at that time. So they were really cozying up to the West trying to rebuild. Right. Um, but is so they're kind of poor and and Yeltsin had like a 2% approval rating so and he's also riddled with scandal allegations and there was a whole bunch of scandal action going on with Yeltsin right so he was not a popular guy at all so nobody thought that his who he wanted to be his successor would be his successor cuz this Yeltsin guy was not popular at all bro yeah but
0: it turned out he did all right and they did pass a law after this i'm so i'm sure this was part of that backroom dealing of yeltsin's to where they would not prosecute boris they did yep, yep.
1: they did that kind of like yeah he's totally absolved of all the shenanigans and badness that he did whatever mm-hmm. it's all good we, we, we won't worry about that yeah because uh so he he after yeltsin resigned putin became like acting president in 1999 mm-hmm. right But nobody thought that he was going to be the guy forever because he he was connected. So with Yeltsin. Right. But there was a big event, a bombing, bombing. Nothing gets you holding on to power like like violence. Right. So there was a bombing at a at an apartment complex, killed like 200 people. Speaking of. Like apartment complexes right (laughs) ah putin you did not get to do a good job of managing that apartment no yeah like 200 people died so then you know how people get russians and americans are a lot alike this way oh the chechens they blamed it on the chechens right kind of the semi-autonomous region in russia and they, they they blamed it on the on the chechens so putin had this you know KGB, FSB, law and order thing going on, right? And so, so you know, bombings, uh, 9-11 happens here, right? It, it Anytime you have violence against you, all of a sudden, whether you like them or not, you start rallying around the leader that you have. And yeah. that's what happened here in 1999. But here's the thing, Milo, I, I was watching this dude, this like security dude, and he's been digging around and he thinks, and a lot of people suspect that the KGB, well, then FSB thugs, his thugs from the KGB days are the ones that set that bomb.
0: Yeah, I saw that as well. It would be interesting if they could find more proof of that. But yeah, by at this point, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just, but here's I- the thing. They arrested they, there was another bomb in another apartment and there was no proof that. It was the Chechens. And in fact, they there was some there was Russians who set that bomb and they and they this guy suspects that they might have been like former KGB agent dudes. So there's suspicion out there that it wasn't the Chechens at all, that Putin might have had this, these bombs go off because he needed that. That was his impetus to stay in power. And it wouldn't surprise me. It worked.
0: Uh, it gave him an excuse to attack Cheche- Chechnya, Chechnya. Uh, It helped his approval rating, which jumped through the roof uh, when he ran for president in March or when he actually was elected in president in March. Well, I don't think it was a huge win. It was only like 53 percent of the vote voted for him, but it was enough to get him over that that hump.
1: And that's all it took because he's in power now. And we're talking about 1999. Exactly. Mad Vlad's still there. So they elected themselves a dictator because he's still there
0: i like i like the way he did it too so it's like prime minister from 1999 to 2000 and then from 2000 to 2008 he was president and then prime minister again from 2008 (laughs) to 2012 and then 2012 back over to president and then passed a law that's like yeah you know before we had that constitutional thing that said you can't uh you know, do this m- too many times. Well, we're gonna we're gonna change that, and uh, yeah. now uh, now I can kind of serve
1: for a bit longer forever. forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I don't get. I don't know we're Americans, so maybe we don't know understand this system. But how how do you have a president and a prime minister? I don't get it because here we have a president, but you go to UK, they have a prime minister, which is kind of like the the head of the executive then it, it works in different ways, but you still kind of have one guy and here it's like, well, I'm the president and now I'm the prime minister. Now I'm the president. How can you have a president and a prime minister? It, it varies from country
0: to country. So obviously in Russia, it was initially set up, I think like this to where the president is more of just kind of a figurehead. And then the prime minister really kind of ran the government. And he obviously switched that around quite a bit, but In Ireland, for example, they have a president and they have a prime minister and the president is literally, it's similar to the the queen of England, right? It's just a ceremonial position. He's like this, you know, really fun looking little guy. He has these two dogs that run around with him all the time and everybody's just like, oh, he's so cute. And, but he doesn't do anything other (laughs) than, (laughs) than attend events and represent Ireland To where the prime minister actually does the legislative work, and so I imagine that's initially how this was supposed to work, where one runs the government and the other is kind of more of a political figure. But now, as president, obviously he does everything. And I know when he switched over to president too, he a buddy of his that first time around, he made him the prime minister and um, Dmitry Medvedev. So uh, when Putin first became the prime minister his uh, he made Dmitry Medvedev the president because he knew he could just kind of tell him what to do kind of thing or was it the other way around? Oh that was in Well,
1: either way, it doesn't seem like it really matters because whether he's the prime minister or the president, he's kind of the dictator and he's in charge and he tells everybody what to do. That's obvious. <laughs> so, so he really should, he should he just can call rid of one of the physicians and yeah really, I mean, he can call be... himself he can call himself like peter the great emperor of russia again if he wants to it doesn't matter what you call him he's a dictator but he that all started in 1999 all start and and, and i was i thought it was interesting because i don't know when this episode's gonna gonna go down because uh, this is kind of our special series so as of the time of this recording he's waging a a, a unprovoked war against the ukraine um and and causing all kinds of instability in the world but that all his whole rise to power started pretty much in 1999 when he got when he became the acting president in his first premiership it all went down in 1999 and, that, and those those bombings of the apartments that all went down in 1999 i think that was the impetus i think that was the that was the thing was those apartment bombings I think that's why, for for example, in our own country, George Bush back in the day, he wasn't very popular. He might've been elected out, but some terrorists attacked our buildings pretty hardcore. So everybody rallied around him, right? So I don't, I don't think there's any proof, but I don't think it's a far cry to say that he had some of his KGB thug buddies bomb that building.
0: Well, we certainly know that he's had some of his KGB buddies, Go against his opponents, right? Mm -hmm. So they had the 2006 thing uh, where a journalist was murdered in Moscow who was anti-Putin. And then they had that other guy, the Alexander
1: Levenko, who was poisoned in London. Yeah, he was in Britain and they poisoned him like straight up KGB James Bond shit. You can't get much more KGB. That's KGB. KGB is that. a, that's some KGB action right there. When you poison a guy in London, nobody knows how you did it. Yep. And he's like, his whole career was spent in that organization. He's got to have the k-
0: connections and stuff, and uh, yeah. clearly it's working for him. Because yeah. So I not- don't know,
1: man. That's crazy. Nineteen. 19- he's been in power since nineteen ninety nine, and it's what year is it now? Twenty twenty two. So. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't. I think
0: he won't leave power until he's either dead or too old and feeble to govern at all. I mean, I, I think he's going to stay in power as long as he possibly can. And it seems like that's the Russian way,
1: man. Like, I guess so. They've they always... tried to hold the democracy and free elections. And it just <laughs> it didn't last very they long. Work. They don't like. I guess they don't really dig that kind of thing. No, not at all. Yeah, they don't they don't I don't know if that's I I don't know. I've talked to like my Chinese friends about this too. I'm like, "Well, your guy just made himself a dictator, it seems like everybody's okay with that." And they were like, "Well, as long as things are stable." And that's the deal if you've been in a country that's been for centuries or even millennia ruled by dynasties, and that's kind of how you roll maybe. That's just what the country's used to. And that's kind of the mindset is having some dynasty, some ruler in power until for, for, for his whole life.
0: Well, and a lot of the policies that he initiated in the early two thousands did really help the country uh, with oil and a lot of that type of stuff that he did. I know their uh, GDP went up nicely. The different classes went up nicely. So there was a lot of policies that he did implement that helped the country out overall now it seems weird with the ukrainian invasion though because they've got all these yeah you know, countries against them and 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 crap so it's like well, heavy heavy
1: economic sanctions and all yeah. this kind of stuff well that's what happens with these dictators milo is they start to lose their touch with reality yeah that and and it has happens all the time with dictators and the whole point of a dictator like it goes back to rome roman times they used to actually sanction having dictatorships. So they used to say, okay, Hey, you can be a dictator for, and they used to say for four years or for eight years, you can just dictate things and get things done. And they would do that, but then they had to give the dictatorship up that Rome actually, that's how it worked. So you, if you have a dictatorship, you, you might actually for a while do well with it because that dictator can just make decisions quickly not like messy democracy here in America where it's just messy and it's hard to get things done sometimes. Right. And, and so for a while, it seems like, Hey, this kind of works, this dictator thing, because things happen quickly. We're growing fast where our lives are getting better and it's all because of this guy. But then what happens and, and you, you can name so many times as this has happened is as they go they get more paranoid, they get older, they don't know how they're going to hold on to their power. So they start doing stupid shit like starting wars and like surround, surround themselves with. And yes Yeah. Yeah. All this. And they don't, they'd start going George Lucas in the, in the phantom menace on it. Right. Where they don't, they, they, nobody tells them, nobody disagrees with them. So they have their own stuff in their own head. And they, they think that they're all powerful and they start wars and all this craziness. That's the problem with dictatorships, man. I don't know, man. I hope by the time this uh, episode airs that maybe the Russian people realize that this, that mad Vlad is setting their people, setting the country back like three decades.
0: Hopefully, I know they've had a few protests and stuff, and they certainly are not doing as well in the war as they thought they would. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to lose power.
1: Nope. Especially where people are just kind of used to this thing. And they're all their heads are all full of like, oh, you know, somebody else started this war or whatever. They don't have any access to information or whatnot, whatever. Old, old, old people don't even know because they're used to like being fed bullshit. Yeah, there you go. The dictator that is Vladimir Putin, who started this horrible war, uh, came to power in 1999. There it is. There it is. So that's one one thing that happened. We 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 often talk about all the cool stuff that happened in 1999. How about how good the movies were, and and how cool like the economy was great, the technology was burgeoning. But this is this is we're gonna end this series on 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 Hmm. kind of this note. um, (laughs) (laughs) On the note of a Russian dictator. dictator. Hey, but it's relevant today. That just goes to show you that the 90s. 90s had like every the world we live in now. I think we never left the 90s in some ways, in a lot of ways. We never left the 90s when it comes to like technology, when it comes to this, when it comes to this kind of politics in Russia. We're still in a lot of ways, we're still living in the 90s, man. Yeah, or
0: rounded back around to them. All right. Well, that's it for this series of 99. So nine episodes about 1999. We hope you enjoyed the series and we enjoyed making them. So we did a little bit of research on this to get it down there. Let us know what you think of 99 on
1: our Twitter Twitter feed, page, yeah. which Twitter page. The, the 80s and 90s, 90s calm. Yeah. yeah. And check out our website, the 80s and 90s.com sign up for the, for the magazine, because you know, people are getting all kinds of fun stuff in their inbox and you're not, so you should it's sign true. up for it.
0: And some of you might have heard a few of these episodes if you had been subscribed to this magazine way back when. If you were an early subscriber to the magazine, we released a few episodes of this on that. So you got got in the know with that action. And of course, next week, we will be back to our regularly scheduled program with a fun and exciting new season of the 80s and 90s Uncensored. Stay tuned for that. And with that, we will say we are out of here like... Anyone who opposes Vladimir Putin, you will be destroyed by the power of the mighty Red Army. Blah, uh, 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 uh. Or the Count. <laughs> I don't think he really talks like that.
1: He's pretty <laughs> soft spoken, actually, if you heard him talk. Yeah, I, I know. He's got that. He's got that stare, scary stare where he stops. He 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 speaks kind of softly, but he's staring at you like, "Yeah, I have thugs who are gonna poison you in, in about six hours." Well, he could take you himself. Like he's like a judo black
0: belt, sambo martial yeah. artist expert, and all this other kind of stuff. That's
1: another reason why he's probably so popular. Is he's like taking off his shirt and riding bears or whatever? And, <laughs> you know, things. Russian dudes love that. The the machismo. Yeah, the machismo stuff. <laughs> he drinks vodka all day and rides a bear with a shirt off. He's my president.